Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome back to the Create Me Podcast. This is going to be episode 62. And it's the second part of a special um, chats with the Look Again Festival artist. Today's guests are Steve Smith and Ian Gross. They speak about their project for the festival called Trading Faces based around the Aberdeen Marketplace. Hope you guys enjoy our chat and I'll catch up with you at the end. All right, see you soon. This is episode 62, and it's the second part of the special chats with Look Again Festival um, artists. Um, today's guest is one familiar guest has been on before, Steve Smith, and his friend Ian Gross. Hiya, yeah. I said it right, haven't I? Yeah, have. All right, Ian perfect. Gross, yeah. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank Welcome you. Welcome to the podcast, Ian. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you guys for coming on. And I guess, yeah, this year you're both involved with Look Again Festival, and your project is based around the Abney Market, and it's called Trade in Faces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Indeed. So, how did this project um, kind of come about? Um, well, Steve and I know each other through our wives, mm-hmm. basically, and I, you know, and, and was familiar with Steve's work, and I was interested in writing about Aberdeen. Yeah, uh, it's different areas, and I approached Steve to see if he was interested in working with me, combining photography and text, and that's yeah. how it started. But then we both quickly got talking uh, we, about what areas we'd like to focus on both very quickly started talking about the market as an interesting space and it, it very very quickly just sort of focused in on the market yeah. uh, as a sole project didn't it's it? hard to really remember from it's hard to remember why there's obvious reasons looking at it now why the market would be worthy of a project but i don't know why we so quickly honed in on that okay um, uh, there was an awareness that the that ultimately the market uh, was under threat in terms of being redeveloped, yeah. but nothing was finalised at that yeah. point. It was a long-term shadow hanging over it, rather than being an imminent thing. Yeah. And then, as we've done the project, that that has just become now a reality. Okay. So this is probably like a year, I guess, in the making. Right? Yeah, we yeah. first we first spoke about it February March, mm-hmm. probably February March, and took it to the city council for uh, a proposal for funding to fund the research stage which we were successful with um, and that, that got us up and running uh, it was difficult yeah. in terms of we both work outside of our, our profession or sorry, outside of our art um, and creative writing so it's been difficult and challenging to, yeah. to go and, and get this project complete get it done yeah but we got the funding and that was great, which meant we could actually, well we shot, I shot large format film, so there was particular technical challenges okay. and costs involved. And I guess the photography started first and then the, mm-hmm. the interviews with each of the traders probably started about June. Yeah. June, July. It was a bit later, actually. I don't. I, I think you started in the summer. At the beginning, I can't remember. But um, yeah. I think I didn't. I, I didn't start properly until about September. Okay. Yeah, I started and I worked from June. September through to Christmas, basically oh, yeah. getting all the interviews done. Yeah. Um, we had to get permission forms and everything first, mm-hmm. and make sure people were happy to be involved. And 
And they, and to be fair, they were quite sceptical, okay. uh, the traders. Uh, not all the traders uh, wished to be part of the project. Yeah. And it, and even ones that later did, at the very beginning, they had suspicion of who we were. What we why, why, <laughs> why are they worthy of getting a photograph taken? Yeah. What's going to happen with that photograph? Why do we want to record them? What, you know, I think they already had a suspicion that there were secrets and lies regarding the development. Yeah. So as soon as someone like myself turns up with a folder and a pen and official looking paperwork mm-hmm. and to authorization forms. A bit of distrust can I have? Yeah, yeah, so in some sense that's been some of the, the reward mm-hmm. is actually building that trust over yes. a long period of time and building the friendships and yeah. relationships with the traders. That's yeah. although a challenge at the very beginning, it's it's been fruitful. Um, on many different levels to yeah. and, and now to see it coming to fruition into uh, the exhibition and to be part of the, the festival is great yeah. you know and like Steve you're obviously originally from Aberdeen yeah and you and Ian you can, when did you move up to Aberdeen um, well I came to here to study as a student but uh, left and came back and I've been here full time since 2007 okay so like you both have different kind of rare experience with different uh, outlook on it yeah. yeah Steve's very much got you know all these childhood memories mm-hmm. and associations with it yeah. and I've come from it as an outsider I guess but um, just recognised it as an interesting space that it was a community and uh, I'm just interested in people and yeah. hearing people's stories so yeah. um you just recognise that the place would be full of story, and yeah. especially with this uh, threat of redevelopment, I suppose, hanging yeah. over it, you know, mm-hmm. and a recognition, I guess, that there was a, you know, maybe a need to try and capture things before permanent change. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And I guess for you, Steve, you must have seen a lot of drastic changes to the market when you was growing up. Um, you know what? I I possibly never spent as much time as as could be, you know, as you can maybe imagine. Yeah. Um, a lot of my peers did. My wife got her ears pierced there for the first time. Um, I know people that went down in terms of the fashion and bought their white cardigans or their Fred Perry's <laughs> or their State Press or it was independent record shop, which there's, there's still an independent record shop in the market. Um, my mother, I think I would have been very young, worked there for a very brief period of time. Um, so I haven't got, you know, I've got memories of the, the various areas, the stairwell that leads from first floor down yeah. towards the green. Uh, there's a distinct smell within the market, um, of the food stalls and the butchers. And so there's there's little triggers that are memories, but it's not a place that I frequented a lot. Yeah. Um, but I suppose since this has started and in speaking to, to peers, friends, yeah. um, a lot of the people around me in my youth spent time there. Yeah. Um, in terms of it changed, the, the, I suppose the bizarre thing is the market hasn't changed that no. much. Obviously, the, the interior decor hasn't changed. It's you know all of the businesses, or at least there's a lot of businesses in, in transit that come and go. That's why it's interesting as well. It's got this background decor that is from the. It it feels like it's thirty forty years old. Yeah. But but it's a constantly evolving, changing space with new people going in. Foods become more popular now, and uh, so it's all, it's almost got a sort of um, built-in poignancy to it, you know. And I really like it as a space, you know. I, Me too. I'd just gone in there and, and, and eaten in there, and just thought this is a good, this is a great place, you know. Yeah. 
I kind of see that as a kind of like um, me admittedly I think it's probably the past probably like four or five years I kind of really kind of it's all something you walk past you ever walked through yeah I didn't do, when you go through there oh, you get a nice and you know it's a really kind of different atmosphere I met nice. you yeah I met you there, there you I met there last met, year yeah. when you were doing your research as well and I was having lunch and that's kind of like okay this is a really cool place and you know it's actually almost kind of I feel like it's a bit like hidden from Abilene even though yeah. it's right it's very obvious Exactly. You can easily walk past it, but no one really engages with yeah. the, you know, the market and some of the units there. And I guess in that when you guys did your interviews and you took your pictures, was you kind of discovering this a lot? That a lot of people saying, "Well, what was their business like? Were they struggling still?" There? There's two two sides to it. There was people who'd been in there, more traditional traders that'd been mm-hmm. in there for a long time, you know, back like the um, the Healing Key Bar since 1972, and they've seen a sort of steady decline okay. over that period uh, and likewise um, Rashid has got this clothes stall that we, he said there was I think there was three or four clothes stalls when he set up 20, 25 years ago okay. um, and now he's the only one left and, that, and that's because of changing shopping patterns you yeah. know, the online shopping and the, the biggest centres and that kind of thing but then there's this new younger group of people coming in who are setting up you know niche food outlets and and the differences they see as a place of opportunity yeah and the more traditional traders have seen this steady decline. So it's it's a real mixed experience, I yeah. think. There's there's not an overall commonality except for they're all facing this uncertain future. Yeah. And that opportunity for new people coming in won't, won't be there, yeah. you know. Uh, and, and at the minute, it probably won't be replicated anywhere else in the city. No, they um, won't, be, they won't they'll all be together in the same space. Yeah. They yeah. might continue the businesses... Separate elsewhere, but yeah. the, you'll never get, you know, this diversity of of traders and entrepreneurs in in, a, in a, under a single roof, you know. And I guess, like, I did remember seeing something briefly in the press last year about um, a redevelopment of the market. And what is that actually about? The redevelopment is it about this kind of like completely knocking it down and this yeah changing yeah. all the units on another shopping centre for Aberdeen. I mean, I think that it's seen as a uh, place that's been in decline. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, in terms of its physical in- infrastructure, yeah. and they recognise that footfall is down, and they want to. I think you know the plans are to create. Well, there's, there's two floors above it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, okay. <clears throat> there's a British Home store. It's got oh, two, yeah. two floors above it. So there's hundreds of thousands of square feet. Yeah. So Patricia, the owners of the building, have to mm-hmm. reinvent that building mm-hmm. um, because I guess they'll be losing money. With the empty building it's above, unutilized um, retail yeah. space, isn't it? So when people look from the green and they celebrate the the new art mural yeah. of the girl on the wall, they don't realise that behind the eyes are empty uh, shopping space. Yeah. So they they have to do something. They they put they had a public consultation last year within the building, and the plans were to kind of sell Aberdonians the idea of building in granite and glass. Um, given Aberdeen City over a larger footprint of the green, so they would build a smaller building to give over space at the green to encourage the city council to do more outdoor yeah. activity Markets, there. Yeah. But fundamentally, it's 120,000 square feet of offices that are proposed with 8,000 square feet of retail, right. as far and as a, I remember. An underground car park. <clears throat> yeah. And there's a right. couple of, I think, probably coffee shop type units yeah. in there. I mean, you can't stop development and change, yeah. and we're not here to try and campaign. It never was. It's just uh, we wanted to give the people whose lives 
are affected and some visibility in the voice, I think. Yeah. And I guess, like, going into like some of the people, how many people did you kind of interview and document for trading um, faces? It's 12 or 13, I think. It was about 13, 13 or 14. Um, and then we've, we narrowed that down to a kind of core group of 10. Yeah. Um, and then as we move towards the exhibition, we're talking between 8, eight and 10, uh, finalised... Um, audio interview and so audio portrait and visual portraits to be on yeah. display yeah. and I guess we'll kind of get into it a bit further like I must, it must have been quite behind those people that own or run these units quite a few interesting stories as well from these people interesting stories in terms of the change I guess yeah. um, you know if you have an interest in terms of how things were then and, and you you know you associate that with your changing um, you know, as as you grow older yourself, and you reflect, you become on more aware things. of time and change. Absolutely, and it was quite poignant. Uh, I I went in on Karen and Alec when they left the fishmonger downstairs, which, whatever a community in Aberdeen were a kind of mainstay for them. Um, I went in on our last day. I saw the week before she was leaving. And I went in the last day with flowers, and it was quite a. There was a strength of emotion there. There was a, there was a real sadness to. She'd been there thirty to seven the loss. Years. Wow. Yeah, it was a long time. And they used to have most of the ground floor there. Okay. But uh, you know, gradually shrunk and shrunk, yeah. and then eventually she had to close it down. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, everybody's got a story. Yeah. It doesn't matter who you are, mm-hmm. and and each one of these people have got their own stories, and that's what we you know tried to what's we tried to capture with the the interviews is a sense of backstory. Mm-hmm. Um, something that reveals something of each of the individual's personality and also some of the challenges that they might face and together as a sort of body of work and recordings they hopefully also tell a bigger story about the themes the wider themes of development and change and how that affects you know individual lives yeah and I guess like with this proposed development it's still kind of the jury's still out on this again, there's nothing set in stone. There's nothing set. Yeah. So the plans, the plans have been submitted, yeah. yeah, but there's not, yeah. there's no um, green light on it yet. I don't yeah. think. And is there anyone that kind of really sticks out for you, either of you, that you've spoken to over this year that you'd like to kind of share their story? Right, R- Rashid for me is a, a character of, right. of you know, I'd say I have a relationship with, and he just told me about his background coming from Bangladesh and. His father was a businessman and a counsellor, and his grandfather was also a, a, a businessman. And running through the thread of his family's life is this need for independence, and that's really important to Rashid and to all the traders actually. But he had this great saying that his father told him that Rashid says you know affected him greatly, and that's you know I'd rather be the head of a dog than the tail of a lion. Right. And you know I just that's really struck home with me. That, you know, even if it's small, yeah. and even if he doesn't make a lot of money, he'd rather have that independence than yeah. than you know perhaps be employed and mm-hmm. part of a bigger a bigger thing, yeah. and not have that independence. Yeah. And Judith as well, actually, she she was great. She um, fits wigs for people. Okay. But um, all her customers, um, a lot of them suffer from alopecia okay. or are having treatment for cancer, and she has this real way with people and a. You know, personal Such touch, energy, yeah, um, and a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, <laughs> and, a, and a real challenge to 
to photograph. She was very self-conscious of getting her photograph taken, <laughs> yeah. but she was very much uh, wanted to be part of the project. But it was enjoyable. Yeah. You know, it was enjoyable going in to see her. Um, she was always upbeat. She was laughing. a busy person, always laughing. And for me, the, you know, the photographs, like I said before, were really a technical challenge and a challenge in terms of communication, you know, to get across the message of what we were trying to do, you know, to convince the traders um, of what we were doing. But to add the audio, there was a lot. I had that personal relationship with each of them to, tr to get the photographs done. But when I then listened to the work that Ian had done with the audio clips, um, I, I didn't know, for instance, the, the work that Judith had done with the cancer patients and and, and the Given, given people self-confidence back. Um, and even though she lacked a bit of that confidence herself in terms of getting a picture taken, yes. you know, just like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't look good <laughs> enough, or whatever. Um, she was, she, her work wasn't, wasn't just fitting wigs and selling wigs, it, it was giving people self-confidence back, you know, yeah. and that came through when, we, when I spoke to her. So it's been a good marriage, yeah. you know. It's oh, the portraits from the audio, yeah. The actual audio, um, it'd be fair to, to point out, the audio itself probably, each audio clip is about an hour long, which will be... No, no, our, the clips are only two minutes. Yeah, but we, we've taken, for the exhibition purposes, we've taken uh, shortened clips down to about between a minute and a half. Yeah, yeah the original audio interviews are all an hour or more. Okay. And we've... And I've edited it down to yeah. sub two minutes for the purposes of the exhibition. Yeah, yeah. but the larger audio yeah. and the photographs will get archived. That's right, yeah, in the, okay. in the Elverston Institute, um, yeah. which is a, a folklore uh, and ethnology uh, department in Aberdeen University. Okay. So the eventual home for all the raw material mm -hmm. is going to be is going to be there. That's really good. So there, so it was going to be for posterity. Yeah, yeah permanent permanently permanent archived. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. That's really good. I think, um, Steve, you did kind of touch on about, you know, people initially being a bit apprehensive about, you know, the project being there. How did you guys kind of win them over, like, the traders there? You know what, you had to, it was difficult. We had to go in with a professionalism, so yeah. we had to create documents to explain the background of what we wanted to achieve. Um, I had to go, just repeatedly go back in and speak to them and actually just be a face to the project. Yeah. And, <laughs> Um, I asked if we could do test shots uh, first, and they wouldn't be used for anything. Um, there was a conscious decision to shoot the 5.4 fuel camera, so a kind of older style fuel camera with a black cloth over my head, okay. and that drew intrigue. I think had I been more confrontational with a 35mm digital camera, it's kind of pointing at them, yeah. it, it would have been more threatening. So I think certainly working in that, in that style brought intrigue, I think uh, back to yeah, there was an intimacy, there was more dialogue, and just really simple things like turning around the prints really quickly. If you did a test print one day, you know, go back two days later and give them a copy yeah. and speak to them mm -hmm. and and find out if they like it or what you know what do they think or, um, so it was just building up a, a trust, I guess. Oh. That a personal, was, you have to yeah, there was no relationship. There was no ulterior motive to to anything other than we were trying to celebrate them and in some sense try to engage people in the long run into that space so that they can actually look around the market and make their own minds up and, yeah. and meet these people and because um, when it's gone it will be gone I don't think yeah. it, there's nothing else currently that in the city that feels 
like the market feels. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, you see, like, you know, I guess like, we're not that far from uh, Marshall Square, mm-hmm. you know, big granite, you mm-hmm. know, very corporate, yeah, yeah. right in your, in your face and stuff. And I feel like, you know, the market sits in the middle of the city and it's slowly, unfortunately, being forgotten about, mm-hmm. you know, which yeah. is a shame. But I think um, we're going to kind of like, you guys are going to like, maybe speak about a couple of the traders and we'll play a couple of audios. Okay. So who's the first person you'd like to kind of just give a little brief synopsis of? Well, go back to Rashid, um, who I've already talked about, but yeah, he's been in the market for 25 years now, was one of several clothing traders to begin with. He's the only one left still trading in in clothes. And um, he's got a great, uh, I just think he's a, He's a great guy to get to know, okay. and he's got a, 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 a nice story and a nice way about him. Okay, so we're going to play Rashid's clip just now, and we'll come back to you guys in a minute. Right, I hope you guys enjoy this little clip. Will you keep them my next week? I can keep it. Annette, you keep them. Okay, you can put it. I've got plenty. You've plenty. That size I've got plenty. Okay, next week. Yeah, okay. We're going to put them my full name is Mohammed Mamunur Rashid, but people call me Rashid, so okay. just call me Rashid. You've been here a long time, haven't you? Uh, in the my, uh, I'm on, on the 24th year now. We saved some money by working, and then my wife uh, had an experience, and then we both together uh, start our own business in 1995. Now when I opened, I can remember in this market, we were clothes shops oh, no, here there were six clothing shops okay uh, now I'm only one year by year all disappears because you notice in Aberdeen last 24 five years how many uh, um, supermarket how many shopping center open and then online also recently so they take our customer away from us we are still surviving but at one stage is not you can see there is no other clothes business you never know if the market survives. If I can afford paying the rent and bills, I will stay. Mm. I don't want it to go anything or go to work for somebody. Mm. I'm, my dad was a businessman. Come, he's, he's a uh, counselor in back home. I never thought about working for somebody. Independent. We were always independent. Mm. My father used to say uh, that he is very. Uh, it uh, affect me. It is very, very, very good thing he said. And so he said that he preferred, yeah, he preferred to be the head of a dog than the tail of a lion. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, a good saying. Though my business is not, but I'm, I can say that I can enjoy that. Yeah. It's my business. Yeah, you it must be very good. Nobody about me. Yes. So I, I make decisions. Back and that was um, a clip from Rashid. He, um, he's a local trader at the marketplace. And we're just kind of this um, saying off mic about if this redevelopment proposal does go through, effectively that's people's livelihoods mm-hmm. ended, you know, and that's it, like completely at a full stop. Yeah. Which is actually in the short term, yeah. anyway. And, and even if they can find um, a viable way of continuing that mm-hmm. same business. Um, the costs are likely to be you know, a lot higher, probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the longevity of the lease. I believe in the market you can have as little as a three-month 
mm-hmm. turn around on your lease. Okay. Right. And again, don't quote me on this, but I believe in Union Street, you're looking more of a kind of three year. Yeah, an astronomical rent. Yeah, yes. Um, prices, yeah. I mean, Harine, one of the traders, she started off in a unit in. She runs a, um, an, uh, a travel agency specialising in Asian travels. So okay. Brings a lot of visiting people from China uh, who have ties with the oil industry and organises uh, trips and tours and sort of hosts them as well as organising the travel and accommodation. Okay. But she started off in Union Street and there was just. She just couldn't survive there. So. Yeah found an opening in the market and she's been able to develop her business there yeah. because of the lower costs. How long has she been at the market? I think off the top of my head, but I'd have to check, I think about 12 years. Okay. Yeah. Right. That's good as well, you know, I guess in, in her way she's been able to kind of contribute to the tourism. Yeah, the office of exactly. Yeah. So she I takes mean, them on whiskey tours <laughs> and, you know, to all yeah. the castles and amazing stuff like that so yeah and one thing i want to touch on like so how did this project um from the development stage with you guys kind of putting this together doing your interviews you know you documenting the traders steve how did that come about for you guys getting involved with this year's look again festival through conversation with um sally who's part of the team uh for you and look again uh, I've known Sally through various things. I was asked to do a Petacuccia talk at one of the creative talks. Yeah, so, that's right, of yeah. course, yeah. yeah. yeah the Belmont. Yeah. Um, so, and we, we've, I've known Sally for some time, but yeah. I, I sought advice from her the guards' um, decision making of how to present the work. Yeah. And we I weren't sure exactly. Just Steve developed the website, which was like a digital archive. Yeah. We weren't sure, you know, what the. The output of the material, you know, how would we use the material that we'd gathered? Okay. So, yeah, through that conversation, she'd actually mentioned the Seed Fund, um, which is a fantastic opportunity for artists yeah. to put a proposal, then go through a proposal stage, an interview stage, to seek funding. Um, so I put in a, a proposal on the back of kind of closing the, the City Council funding. Um, we kind of did the full circle with that, we built the website for that, we did a talk in that, the guards. So when that circle closed, it was looking for more funding to then take it to final um, presentation mm-hmm. and exhibition. Um, so through contacts within the art world and the city, seeking advice, we, we, we did we that. became aware of it, yeah. yeah and then and Steve put in an application. Put in an application and uh, pitched to both uh, Hillary and Sally. Uh, part of the Look Again team yeah. and was successful and, and delighted to be successful with it which meant we could actually see it full yeah. I mean, it's a good opportunity so. for you know the, the rest of the city to to get to know these people and yeah. become more aware of the market <clears throat> so we're you know, really grateful to look again to the opportunity Yeah. And otherwise it would just be a website and yeah. an archive Yeah. so it's great to have the public impact so that everyone becomes more aware of it. I think even more so as well, because um, you guys will, you've got an exhibition space in the market as well, don't you? If you can cover it yeah. like that. Yeah, because you guys obviously... Cover it in paint, cover it like We've got a few, we've got, been given a couple of units we just secured today, and we're just busy trying to prepare it. Okay, and that will run from the start of the festival to the end, then? Yeah, yeah. there's an opening night for Look Again on the 6th of June, mm-hmm. and then the exhibition will run for 10 days from the 7th. Yeah. Um, but there was a lot of sleepless nights in terms of whether the decision to hold the exhibition in the market mm. was the right decision. It's a difficult space. Um, yeah. You know, 
you know, photographically, I, I had many sleepless nights in terms of did we photograph them outside because we're focus, focusing on them individually and celebrating their stories. Do we photograph uh, in the surroundings of their businesses to give it a greater context? Mm-hmm. Um, and then as, as we moved closer and as we start to get a body of work, yeah, where do you present? How do you present? Yeah. You know, would it, would real, it be relevant in a white cube um, gallery space? Yeah, what impact would it have? Yeah. You were talking about less finished photos to begin with. To yeah. To make it more sort of um, part of the fabric of the building and okay. that kind of thing. And You know, if you had almost distressed um, screen prints of the photographs yeah. pinned um, and almost blending into the market, um, you know, there were decisions hanging banners... Um, choices have been now been made to go with um, higher quality, a higher quality prints. print finish, yeah. finish um, frame prints, and slightly more traditional, and not prettify the market space too much yeah. in terms of no, it'll be how pretty authentic. It will be, okay. it'll be, you know, it won't be, um, it won't be glossy or. But I think it's it's important for the public to come in and engage with that space. I think it's respectful to the traders. Mm-hmm. Um, who are, will be there, you know, for that ten days? They will be trading, and you can go in and obviously see the work, but yeah. meet them, and, yeah. you know, yeah. engage with them. This is the big headache at the moment. Actually, is <clears throat> we're trying to finalise the audio side of it, okay? And it's it's quite a noisy space, and you know, how do we incorporate the audio? What we'd like is people to see the portraits and yeah. then hear the voice. Oh, okay, behind the portrait. So the portrait yeah. has a voice. Well, yeah, okay. Um, and so we're looking at, you know, maybe using headphones and things like that. But it's also, a, it, it's not a secure, it's not, art, it's not an art gallery. It's a public, it's a public space that's yeah. in constant use. So we've got a lot of <laughs> details to sort it's out. A bit of problem solving yeah. still yeah. be done. To be it fair. sounds interesting though, I guess, when you kind of like, you use that kind of space, it's almost like, there's a lot of kind of variables that can happen. Yeah. And, then, and, and uh, I guess that's part of the appeal in my yeah. mind. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Like, it's an uncontrolled sort yeah. of environment. And, yeah. uh, but it's in keeping with the, you, you know, we've been we've both been really um, concerned right from the start to sort of properly represent the traders mm-hmm. and to, uh, to to have an honesty with the with the with the project yeah. all the way through. We try to have this honesty about it and yeah. um, exhibiting in the market. If we think it's the right home for it, you know. Mm-hmm. And what's the kind of feedback been like from the traders in the market? I think very positive. I think, yeah. you know, and, and yeah, I, I generally positive. Um, yeah, from that initial reticence to now, I think they know us, you know, when we yeah. go in there, they know who we are, we okay. can chat to them all, and uh, yeah. I think you recognise the fact that we're trying to put this, you're going to give them a spotlight, mm-hmm. a voice, and a, and a face, yeah. which is why it's called Trading Faces, you know, and that it's it's about them and yeah. it's not about us sort yeah. of thing, you know. Yeah. So they, I think they're behind it. And, you know, going back to the traders, is there anyone else that we can probably like to play a little clip of them? In the podcast, anyone you guys can... Who would you them? like, Ian? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, any any of them really. I, I, mean. I would possibly the longest running... Um, yeah. Or again, we've got the longest running, Brian and and his brother at the Healing Key, or we've got the the new the new guy, the, the new, new guys, the new kids on the block, the pizza <laughs> yeah. guys. Um, yeah, well, I think well, Rashid shows how there's been some decline in the traditional side of it, which which Brian talks about very yeah. poignantly as well. You know, uh, 
but if you you know if you're looking just for t- a quick snapshot of two i think maybe if we go for gc's pizza they're, they're two young guys with lots of energy that have um come together through nights out and saw an opportunity um and have have created something pretty successful so yeah. far so their 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 view of the market is at the moment overall quite a positive one isn't it yeah. they're a startup yeah. and it's a yeah. I guess it's, it's, if you're from just coming into this as a business and maybe for the younger generation, you would think like, hey, I'm latching onto this opportunity. You know, I guess by then, probably, I don't say that the old guard, but people that have been there for a while, seen all these um, kind of clients that probably look at these young guys and think, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but yeah, we'll give a listen to, and it's G3 Pizza? GC's. G- GC's Pizza. Yeah. And yeah, we'll come back to you guys and we'll finish up our chat. I hope you guys enjoy this little clip. So, um, how did you end up in the market? Uh, it was just mainly low startup costs. And, yeah, and they're pretty flexible as well. They gave us quite a lot of free time at the start just to get everything sorted. You say you were working before you set this business. What, what were you guys doing? Were you involved in, in food? And oh, Yeah, I worked with my dad. We had a small restaurant. Well, we have a small restaurant. Uh, but yeah, I just came here in lunchtime instead. I'll still go to the restaurant after this, straight away. So. Oh, gee, okay. Yeah. Where's that? What's... Uh, Rosemont Place called Pasta Plus. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. I studied music and when I finished I did another degree in business management okay. and marketing. Yeah, when I moved to Scotland I started working uh, in Domino's and then Papa John's and then Pizza Hub. Then uh, I got a better chance at Jamie Oliver's restaurant. Then it closed down. After that we met on a night out something. It was like two years ago. Yeah, a bit less. You know, night outs, we were like chatting. It would be nice to open our own business. And after a while, it got serious. We opened the first week of September. Oh, the last week of August. It wasn't easy at the beginning, obviously. Like, when you open a business, you expect to lose money at the beginning. But fortunately, it picked up quite quickly. So, from the third month... We were all sorted. Mm-hmm. It's a bit surprising, but but it's good. Yeah, yeah. We will see. Uh, so far, it's working out pretty good for us. Yeah, we're back again. And was just kind of speaking of Mike about you know um, when you guys obviously start a project like this, it opens other avenues to connect with local creatives. And was just kind of, kind of talking about um, Steve was mentioning that there's also like a film accompanying yeah um, this whole project as well. Um, I was put in touch with Olivia Wilson, a 17-year-old um, girl, still at school, yeah. who's doing a creative media, I believe it's a creative media, I've possibly got the title wrong, course, as part of her studies, okay. while she's still sitting um, qualifications through, I think, a Boyne Academy. Mm-hmm. But I was put in touch in the guards of quality of our work, yeah. um, and her tutors uh, were keen to see if there were avenues or any, you know, if something came up, mm-hmm. could she get involved? She's actually applied, I believe, um, for the photography course, so right. she, she could go on to then be one of my students over the next okay. number of years. But she showed me a couple of small films that she'd made, and it made perfect sense to try and get someone younger involved in the Look Again mm-hmm. team and to help us with the project yeah. and to give her that opportunity to create something, an, an open brief, really. Yeah. Um, I kind of sent her the way to think about what she could do yeah. and start storyboarding rather than dictating to her what we wanted and 
I think it was a great thing to give her that creative license. Um, she's been shooting on Super 8, old film stock, mm-hmm. okay. which kind of marries the, the idea of shooting with film as well in yeah. terms of the photographs, which we're shooting on Super 8 as well as backing up digitally. Um, currently, she is waiting for film to get processed, right. which she sent away. Uh, but she filmed in the dark rooms in the process of the film. Okay. She's got an interview to do with myself and Ian uh, the week commencing the 24th. Mm-hmm. She's been down the market. And, yeah, it's fantastic. And the, the synergy between different people. We said off mic, obviously, we've got a photographer, a writer, young filmmaker. We've worked with a 3D compositor, a graphic designer. Um, it's, it's It has grown the arms and legs, but in a, a, a dynamic, sort of fascinating way. And there's been a lot of learning, you know. Um, you know I've been involved in photography, as you know, for a long time. Yeah and teaching for a long time within it. This was a project, certainly for myself, that it tied me to the project. I think getting the funding <laughs> as well. But, you know, when you have the funding, yeah. you can't step aside. And say, just leave it. Yeah, if you if you get a result, you know, I, I shot a lot of um, sheets of 5-4 film before um, I photographed one frame of Geary. Remember the, That's when you the, realised that was the... I guess the neutral background. Yeah, and, that and was then the, I look the epiphany. I thought that's I've got it. I'm, right. You know, it's done. Yeah, and in some sense, Norm, if I hadn't been involved in the partnership with Ian and uh, under the umbrella of the funding, I probably would have been satisfied that I'd achieved what I wanted to. Okay. And technically, certainly with the five four, the communication with the subject. But the project, the umbrella of the funding, tied me to this, and then we mm. sought more funding. It's tied me down again. Yeah. And it's been great. It's been it's disciplined me to actually see the project right through. Yeah. It's encouraged me to to pull in and work with other creatives, and it's educated me. And obviously, you know, provide an education in, t- in terms of my full time role. Yeah. All of the material that I gather, all of the new um, education I have within the project, I pass on down, and filter it? filter down to the students. Yeah. Whether that's you know to encourage students to look at what's available in terms of financing their own projects. Yeah the application process, um, whether it's just giving them a greater awareness of the festivals in Aberdeen, the, the other creatives in the city, uh, including yourself. Um, it, it's all it's all good, yeah. you know. So if you, you know, in the, at the times when there's been great frustration in seeing the project through and, you know, problem-solving our way through it... It does come with, with it comes, some pressure and yeah. responsibility as well sense of responsibility I think we both felt yeah to do to the traders justice yeah to do to have a kind of authenticity yeah. about the project and to not to deviate from what we set out to do especially I think as the the kind of political landscape kind of grew with the mm. plans going in mm. and right. and then the press um, speculating what may happen what might not happen yeah. um, that was it was never the intention to work or investigate um, yeah. that as such, the development as such, other than through the lives of of the traders. It's great to see but, things develop their own life, though, I was just saying before, how the project's got its own life and it's kind of outside of us. It's yeah. its own thing outside of us. And like you have this little idea and yeah. you get interested in something and you get kind of all uh, geeky about it yeah. and you when you want to you know investigate your little threads mm-hmm. and you come at it from these we've both come at it from our own little angles and it but then it just explodes yeah. into this bigger story mm-hmm. and right. as its own thing you know it's its own thing yeah. 
Yeah. And, and like for you guys, like individually, what's kind of going to be happening for the rest of the year beyond the Trading Faces project? I can't see past it other than summer. <laughs> okay. Let's, <laughs> let's, you know, I think put it to bed. Yeah. Um, be proud of that finished mm-hmm. result. Mm-hmm. It'd be nice to find a longer term home for it after the festival. Yeah. The festival's 10 days. Mm-hmm. And it'd be nice if um, you know some space wanted to take it on and yeah. and house it for a bit longer. Okay. You know that'd be good. Yeah, I've got a couple of writing projects on the go. And yeah, stuff, um, I've got a note a notepad full of um, ideas right. to investigate. Okay, but again, like you said, the discipline to to actually <laughs> complete Commit- this. Oh yeah, commitments as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really yeah. you know what if if anything when it encourages you to to think and to explore. New projects, you know, it's it's, you know, it just keeps that um, momentum going, that creative yeah. momentum going that you have. Um, You've been working on a Kitty Brewster, thing. yeah. I've been working on the project with Kitty Brewster okay. out with the five four camera, um, because that's again not because of this. I think I started them at a similar time, um, but Kitty Brewster is an area of where I grew up, yeah. So that's, I guess, more of a personal project, but it's an area on undergoing change. Would yeah. be the the Kitty Brewster bypass for for want of a, uh, the correct terminology from the road will run from Hutchin Street through and that'll affect you know but that was a community to that parallels I suppose it was a community that used to have your your bank and your post office and your fishmonger and your baker and service really through the um, the Northern Mart and the traders coming to trade cattle and such like the Northern Mart and since the Mart moved out to Thainston the whole of Kitty Brewster slowly changed and been in decline. I didn't realise that that was Kitty Brewster had that kind of that trading aspect. I yeah, yeah, that. absolutely. I, I, you know, I, I grew up on the doorstep and spent a lot of time within the Northern Mart. Um, but that seems to be a community that's slowly mm-hmm. disappearing. And I think the final kind of nail in the coffin will be when the road layout changes mm-hmm. and they expand up the way the communities, yeah, held together. Yeah, yeah. Um, Certainly, when I used to go to the the post office, the baker, and they knew I was one of the Smith kids, and there was, there was a sense of community yeah. um, around there, and you certainly all the neighbours knew each other. Um, so, that, you know, I, I've started that, and that's always been the back burner, yeah. and I've been out shooting 5-4. Okay. Um, but that's much more relaxed, but probably as poignant or more poignant because it's directly related to um, a greater... Um, sense of, of childhood and yeah. nostalgia and memory and, okay. and such like. But, yeah. And so there is a Trading Faces website, isn't there? Uh-huh. What's the name of the website? It's tradingfaces.org. Okay. And then I think um, listeners, they can actually um, hear a few a few more audio all, the, all of them, actually. All of them, okay. All of them are on there, yeah. yeah. All, all the 10 that we've, we've decided to run with. Okay. Um, and they're the clips that will be incorporated into the exhibition. Right, and the exhibition will start on the seventh. Yeah, there's an opening night, a private opening night, right. on, on the sixth, and then okay. it'll be public from the seventh okay. to the sixteenth of so June. Yeah, but well, thank you guys for coming on. Pleasure, oh, thank you. Yeah, great to see you again. Yeah, likewise. And nice to meet you. And it's nice to meet you for the first time. <laughs> yeah. And speaking about um, trading faces, definitely look forward to this project. You know, um, for the Together Festival. So yeah, that was episode sixty-two, um, part. Let's say part two or the 
second episode of the special for Look Again Festival. Um, hope you guys enjoy. And remember to check out um, Trading Faces. Um, it's going to be based at the Aberdeen Marketplace. And you guys will be upstairs, won't you? First floor. First floor. Yeah. On the first floor um, for the exhibition. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And I'll catch up with you guys again soon. Bye. Bye for now. So yeah, that was episode 62 with Steve Smith and Ian Gross. I want to thank the guys for coming on the podcast and speaking about this really interesting project for Look Again Festival Trading Faces. So yeah, guys, be sure to check it out when it exhibits at Aberdeen Marketplace from the 7th of June until the 16th of June. And if you guys are still interested in getting involved with Look Again or volunteering, you can just drop them an email at lookagain at rgu.ac.uk or you can message them on their Facebook page, which is Look Again Aberdeen. So yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this chat. I'm going to be back again in the coming weeks with more chats with um, artists involved with Look Again Festival for this year. So yeah, I'll see you soon. Take care for now.